when I made this decision to come here, there was no turning back. I'm going to do everything in my power to reach this goal. I'm getting closer day by day, and that's all you can do. It's not something that you wake up and then it's just gonna happen automatically. As long as you can go to sleep thinking, all right, I made 0.00001% progress, that's a step in the right direction. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. Today I'm speaking with Jake Marsh, a sports business reporter for one of the country's most popular sports podcasts, Pardon My Take by Barstool Sports. After realizing his dreams of being a professional athlete wouldn't come to fruition, let's be honest, like most of us, Jake studied broadcast and digital journalism at Syracuse University with the goal of staying involved in the sport industry as a play-by-play broadcaster. Jake and I discussed the hard work and sacrifice it takes to get better, especially when nobody's watching, how rejection can help fuel you, and the importance of finding balance both personally and professionally. Let's go freaking fired up. I have just a phenomenal guest we're going to throw you a curveball, give you a different perspective. I'm really, really excited. This dude's on a very tight schedule, so I'm really excited that he's able to take time out of his busy day. He's helping out in a part of my take podcast, uh, Barstool Sports, play-by-play commentator, one of the hot up-and-comers in the space, Jake Marsh. Jake, thanks so much for hopping on, bro. Thank you for having me, Nick. I'm very excited to talk with you today. Well, man, I appreciate it. And I know you're busy as heck and uh, thankful for the time. But really why I wanted to have you on, Jake, is, is, is as I mentioned to you, you know, one of my biggest beliefs is that, you know, I have six kids and, you know, all of my kids at one point or even myself included, we all aspired, you know, when we were younger, we played sports. I did, my kids did. And it's like, I want to go to the big leagues or I want to play for Alabama or whatever the case is. Um, you have all those aspirations, which are great. We should dream. We should work for our goals. A lot of kids go on and play professional sports, college sports. Some don't. What I'm really fascinated is how many doors, and I speak from my own experience in this, is I played college baseball and, and so many doors from the professional realm opened up in business as a result of my relationships and experience uh, from being a collegiate athlete. And what I want to ask you is, man, how did you get to be where you're at now? You're a young dude you know, work your tail off, very talented, but like, what was your path like that led you ultimately to be, you know, where you're at now, working at part of my take and barstool sports? What was your youth journey about when it comes to athletics? Yeah, definitely. And first off, I, along with pretty much every other kid out there, had those dreams of, I'm a Yankee fan, I wanted to play for the Yankees. But of course, the odds of that are very slim, but you can still be involved. And that's my goal and wanted to stay in the sports business. So how it started was, obviously, I grow up watching a ton of games. And once that uh, dream kind of faded out of being a professional athlete, you're obviously still going to watch sports every single day. Uh, so with that, who are the people you're introduced to immediately? It's the broadcasters. You have the play-by-play. You have the analysts. You have a sideline reporter. And if you're a sports fan at all, you are aware that these people exist. So I thought to myself, oh, this is cool. Like, You get to go to really cool places. You get to travel to these awesome cities and kind of be a part of history, too, in terms of if you're calling a big game and something comes down to the wire. Everyone remembers Vince Scully's call for when Bill Buckner uh, made that error, right? Everyone remembers every big call from every big game. So I thought, this is really appealing. I should get into this business. So it started when I... uh, I'm from South Florida. I joined our high school newspaper, eventually became the sports editor 
covered our football and basketball teams and every other sport. And then I thought, all right, I'm really enjoying this. I want to stay in this field when I go to college. So I applied to a bunch of schools, one of them being Syracuse and specifically the Newhouse School of Communications, which is one of, if not the top schools out there for broadcasting. And I, I, I liked writing like I did in high school for the newspaper, but I think I wanted to make that jump uh, to broadcasting. And I saw the prestigious list of alums that went to Syracuse. It's a long list, but just to name some, Mike Tirico, Ian Eagle, Bob Costas. Uh, I feel bad just naming more names because then I'm going to feel bad. I'm going to leave some off. Uh, but there's a ton out there, and I thought, okay, let's keep this going. I, uh, I went from South Florida to Syracuse, New York, which is an interesting uh, climate change, to say the least. I would and say to I say got... the least, right? One extreme yeah. to the other. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, just to fast forward, I went to Syracuse four years there, got involved in student radio and television, eventually called some games, and got my first job out of school as the University of Vermont play-by-play broadcaster. I uh, love doing that. College basketball is my favorite sport. So it was really cool to be part of a D1 team that went to the NCAA tournament and be courtside for that. And then fast forward there, and I get this internship as part of my take, and here we are three years later. Amazing, man. And, you know, I'm hearing the journey. I'm like, when did it go off and you like, I might have found my passion? You know, like, when did you realize, like, I'm going to go? Because, listen, one of the biggest things I like to talk about is you can't want it for your kid, right? You can't want it more than your kid wants it. There's, there comes an element where, you know, when you come to athletics or anything, if I want it more for my son, you know, then I'm probably going to have a, a bad experience as a parent with him. He's going to feel, you can't make someone do something that they, that they don't want to do. When did you realize that broadcasting, this might be your passion and you were willing to kind of go to any length, you know, to, to make that happen? Basically, when I was just sitting at home every day and just talking to the TV, like I was calling the game, it just felt natural obviously i was grouping around more often than not but i was just seeing what these guys were able to do and thinking that all right i kind of studying by just listening and watching them and thought this is really really appealing let's go try and make this happen and that's uh why i took that jump to syracuse and it was kind of just natural i guess by the act of sitting on my couch and watching games nonstop and just this opportunity or this career path was staring in front of me every single time I turned on the TV. I hear that, man. I hear the word. And what I'm thinking of as you're doing as your imagination, man, you're kind of letting things go because, you know, one thing we talk about is, is, you know, the ability to be free and go and go kind of be adventurous, right? You don't want your parents hovering over. It sounds like you had the space to kind of be creative and unlocking that. Like, what was it like when you got to Syracuse? I would imagine you weren't the only dude, you know, trying to get to be the play-by-play guy? Like, did you have to compete against others and kind of put yourself out there? Oh, yeah. It's very, very intense at the radio. Not, like, scary. Just, like, okay, there's a lot of people. There's only so many people who can call a game. So it really brings the best out of you. It's kind of like a competition in some sort because you are competing to get as many games as possible. It's a big ladder to climb. There's WAER is the name of the radio station. It's a historical student station. All the guys I mentioned earlier, plus so many more, went through there when they were students there. Uh, But basically, you have to go freshman year, and it's kind of like pledging a fraternity in a sense, in that your first semester, you have to go in at 5.30 in the morning and write mock sportscasts that you write and record and get critiqued uh, by the older students uh, because 
once you're on the air for real, you're going in at 5.30 in the morning for the real sportscast for the morning show and doing hits like that. So it really brought the best out in you because if you're not ready to make some sacrifices, maybe lose some sleep, like maybe this isn't for you. This this job and career has very unique hours. Uh, we record part of my take until 2 a.m. every football Sunday, which, again, yes, it's late, but look what you're doing. You're talking about sports. So it's really cool. Um, but yeah, with, with Syracuse, you go in, make mock sports cast, and we kind of have this clearing process where you can't go on the air until you make practice tapes. Uh, sometimes I would go to local like high school football games and bring my phone, like I'm talking to you right now, bring some headphones, sit in the top row of the bleachers so I'm not annoying anybody, and literally just call the game and listen back to that, and that's how you get better. Sometimes I would uh, listen, I'd pull up full NFL games on YouTube, and although we already know the results, I would still call a quarter of those games just to get the X's and O's of, oh, Rogers steps back, throws it, far side to Devontae Adams for the touchdown and things like that. The nuts and bolts, it really helps. You're taking reps, your repetition, like there's discipline required in that. You know, people will listen or watch, you know, social media, watch Twitter, watch whatever it is and see like, oh, these guys are just having a blast. Like they just go in there, screw around. It's like people don't realize what goes on behind the scenes, how hard and diligent you are, how professional you are. Like you don't just get in front of a camera or you don't get on the mic and it just magic comes out of your mouth constantly. Like it takes work. It takes repetition. So is there an element of discipline that you have to stay structured and all those things that I would say probably are comparative to that of an athlete? Yeah, 100%. I think that's a great comparison, right? If you want to be an athlete, you can't just show up for the games and expect to be better, right? You have to go to practice every single day. And uh, that's where you get better when nobody's watching. So that's that's how I approach this and making these practice tapes. And honestly, I should be doing it more often still just because I'm not a student anymore. Doesn't mean I can't get better. So that's on me. But anyways, uh, yeah, I that's how I approached it. I'm just practicing and getting better. It's impossible to get better unless you practice with anything, with, with playing sports, with calling sports, with literally any profession. You can't just hop in front of the camera and talk. It's, it's a lot more than that. How much did social media, so like, you know, I'm 43 years old. When I was your age and come for social media wasn't around, but like, you know, what a tool and what an opportunity it is, but was it advantageous to you? Like, you know, is the, the social media, is it a benefit or is it kind of one of those tools that helps you go along? How, how, how do you use social media to your advantage? Yeah, I think social media added a little bit of drive. When I was following all these broadcasters and journalists, like in high school, on the early Twitter days, um, it kind of painted the picture a little clearer and seeing where these guys were able to go. And some of them, I think Joe Buck has tweeted out what we call boards or charts in the business. Basically this giant, if you want to call it a cheat sheet, that has every player's bio information, stats, uh, things like that, because you never know what direction a game is going to go in. So I think just seeing those things and being like, Ooh, this is interesting. This is appealing. And then, like you said, you don't have to wait for a quote-unquote real opportunity to call a game. I used to, like I said, all you need is a computer and a recording device. Everyone has a phone these days. Just do that. Send it to someone you know in the business by making connections. Don't be afraid to DM some people or email people. I would definitely say the internet is your friend in that sense because you have to start somewhere. So everyone has the ability to even though it's a game that already happened, or even video game. I used to do it to myself playing Madden. 
uh, things like that can definitely help you get off to a good start. How and, and the the relationship piece of it, you know, um, just like anything in sports, I talk a lot about recruiting and, you know, one of the best ways to get noticed is to is to knock down a coach's door, you know, blow up his email, send him video, uh, foster relationships, never burn a bridge. I would imagine it's the same thing for you. Like how do those, you know, the relationships that you have, you know, kind of in the trenches before you got to, you know, Barstool, but now even still, does the relationship piece of your progression in the business play a big role? Yeah, absolutely. One thing my dad always told me is it's not what you know, it's who you know. And obviously what you know is still very important, but relationships, especially in a business like this where it is super competitive and there's only so many spots, relationships are everything, right? You have everyone in the business trying to climb that ladder I mentioned and trying to get to the top because everyone wants to call a Super Bowl or a Final Four or the NBA Finals, including myself, right? But it's being nice to people can go a very long way because that helps keep those relationships alive and i never know you never know where you would be just by being nice and keeping relationships alive right i got my first job vermont uh basketball uh, i heard of the opening from a guy named Howard Denneroff who was in charge of westwood one sports i interned for him my junior year he gave me a call after i graduated and told me the job was opening. I kept in touch with him. I sent him an email every few months. And that's what got me that job. That gave me a little bit of credibility calling D1 games out of school. And when I get to part of my take, they they see that. And they say, oh, you went to Syracuse? Oh, you were a D1 broadcaster? That has the credibility. So it's all kind of a domino effect. And it all is connected in some way. How did your, I know you mentioned your dad. Like, how did the relationship with your parents, like, when you... My second oldest son, his dream is to do probably similar to what you're doing. I mean, he wants to go to, you know, we live in North Carolina. He wants to go to either Chapel Hill or one of these big schools. And then one day, you know, be able to, to kind of, he, he, yeah, he wants to go on ESPN, right? That's it. I want to go on ESPN and be a, a broadcaster or a journalist or whatever the case is. So I'm sitting here going, dude, go for it. Like find the path. So like how, how were your parents when it came to helping you kind of uh, manage, you know, and go along with it? Were they super supportive? Did they try to, you know, deter you from it? How did that parent, because a lot of parents are going to hear this and, you know, a lot of kids may say, hey, I want to go on ESPN. And how do you manage that without being a dream killer, keeping realistic expectations? Can you walk us through your experience? Yeah, they were 100% in my corner, 100% supportive. It all started with how I always dreamed of going to University of Florida and spending four years in Gainesville. A bunch of my cousins and friends went there and they told me, you have free reign to do whatever you want. You want to go to Syracuse and continue to chase this, do that. You want to go to Florida and complete your childhood dream and study journalism and at a great school as well, do that. So they were fully supportive. I fully made this decision on that on my own. I'm very lucky that I had the ability to make that decision. But yeah, they've been in my corner this whole time. Definitely wasn't a smooth ride uh, fully, but it, it was. I'm very fortunate to have them on my side when we come back jake and i discuss how rejection can help motivate you and why it's so important to prioritize balance even in the relentless pursuit of a goal where we left off jake and i were about to talk about his continuous drive to just get a little bit better every day and why it's important to capitalize on every single opportunity and that's one of the things, right? I'm so glad you brought that up, that not a smooth ride. What, what is a smooth ride, especially when you have ambitions? Like, failure's a part of it. And I know me as a father, it's like, 
you know, it's tough to watch, and I talk about this a lot, but it's tough to watch your kids struggle. But at the same time, you're not going to get on the other side of that and grow and get better unless you do fall on your face. I mean, it's a terrible way to put it, but it's true. So how, how did reject, and, and I would imagine, listen, I've been in, in sales and marketing and such, you know, my entire career. And, and it's like the more no's you get, the, it leads you closer to a yes. Like I believe in that. I've seen that work. So how was it getting used to dealing with rejection? Because I'm sure you've seen so many people like, dude, I don't want to do this anymore. It's just I can't take the no's. How many no's and such? How were you able to work through that? Yeah, honestly, rejection is one of the major parts of my story in this career in the last, not last few years, but throughout college. I knew if I went to Florida, I would have my whole social scene planned out because I had a bunch of, uh, like we were talking about earlier, relationships and just like friend groups that probably would have been established already. Uh, But I went to Syracuse really not knowing anyone, maybe one or two people. And all I wanted to do was, of course, chase this broadcasting dream. But I also wanted to have some fun in college, too, right? Because who doesn't? So I wanted to get in a fraternity and have an established friend group and always something to do. And I rushed to fraternity three times. It didn't work out any of them. And it was really, really tough because, again, that when, on the outside looking in, that seems like such a poor part to some people's college experiences. And I know a lot of people listening may be younger, um, but I'm sure they've heard of it at some point too. But I was really depressed at that time. I was like, damn, yes, I'm chasing this dream. I'm doing big things of broadcasting, but... I'm not really having fun on the outside. And I think it's important to have that balance of social time and work time. And I really wasn't getting that for my first two, two and a half years at Syracuse. And I thought about transferring to Florida where I know I'd have a lot of fun. But then I think back to that decision I made in high school. Okay, college is four years, but your career is forever. And I, I stuck it out and I couldn't have been happier that I did. I found a group of friends eventually, a couple of groups of friends through non-broadcasting and broadcasting side and still keep in touch with all of them um so without that sense of rejection i don't know where i would be because like you said it really shines a light and it helps add fuel uh to everything that you're doing and in terms of broadcasting too i mentioned the clearing process i didn't get clear until midway through my junior year so the first two and a half years of college nothing i was doing was on the air so that was really tough to swallow but i just kept going you're only required to write those sportscasts like once or twice a week i would literally go in all five days because i'm like i can still somewhat control this timeline i'm not waiting anymore like let's get me on the air like let's make this happen this is enough i'm going to get better and i can control that so yeah rejection in a social perspective and a professional perspective has definitely helped shape me to where i am now how did you know when you were, I don't know if you were 19, 20, 21 years old, when you re- you said after two and a half years, you, you didn't say the word, but I heard I'm like, you revisited your why. Like you went back to why you made that decision to not go to, like, that's a very mature thing. I have to do that at times. You know what I mean? I'm, I have to revisit. And I hear the highest level athletes and coaches and professionals say they have to always go back and revisit their why. You know, I think that's such a critical point. Because while we're de- like while we're stumbling and facing the fire per se, it's like you got to remember what you were doing. Did you write down your goals? Was that something you did, or would you just have them lock barreled in your head and, and know to go back? How did you know to do that? It's something that was just in my mind every single day when I woke up there. Like when I made this decision to come here, there was no turning back. I'm going to do everything in my power 
to reach this goal. Yeah. And of course, that long term goal, calling a Super Bowl or a Final Four, is obviously a ways away. The odds are still stacked against me, but I'd like to think I'm I'm getting there, right? I'm I'm getting closer day by day, and that's all you can do. It's not something that you wake up and that it's just going to happen automatically. But it's a lot of steps, and as long as you can go to sleep each night thinking, "All right, I made point zero 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 one percent progress." That's a step in the right direction. That's all you can really ask for. Dude, this is so on point because you know that everywhere you look, you know, so and so sitting at the bench and they transfer. Right, the transfer portal is such a big, mm-hmm. a big thing, and no, it almost. You know, and I, there's always a time and a place for that. There, there are times and places where you know the grass is better situation on the other side, but the transfer portal gets a bad rep at times because it's like. I'm not getting my way. I'm just going to go somewhere path of least resistance. So I think there's such a valuable lesson to see. It doesn't just go from sports. It goes to life. And you're on that path right now. Like, what would you say if you had a couple of minutes, some advice to these kids? Because I mean, I think it translates. A lot of these kids want to go to D1 schools, right? They want to go to power fives. They want to play, you know, in the biggest game, in the biggest arena. They want to get million dollar contracts. But like you mentioned, point zero zero. The odds of that are so few and far between. But what's a way, how do you help these kids not only chase their dreams, but realize like, like, hey, there are other things out there. Keep your eyes open. Foster these relationships through this whole process because you never know what doors are going to open up. Can you give some advice to the kids out there? Yeah, for sure. And I think it was actually Ian Eagle who once told a group of us this when we were in school. Uh, when it comes to broadcasting, just never say no to an opportunity, right? Everybody wants to call football. Everybody wants to call basketball, right? Those are the two most popular sports. But if an opportunity that comes up to call soccer standing in the rain one day, you say yes, right? Because like we said earlier, it's a rep. I was a big rep guy in college. The more reps, the better. Uh, you cannot get better without taking those reps. So if it means sacrificing a night of hanging out with your friends to go down the road into a cold Syracuse high school and call a football game, Sometimes just do it, right? Because it's an opportunity. And if you're saying yes to those opportunities, you can get that 0.0001% closer. If you say no, you're missing out a little bit. And yes, there's obviously obligations that uh, make you not able to do some things. But if you look at your schedule and you're like, all right, I can do this, it helps. So I think just taking advantage of every opportunity out there uh, and again, it doesn't have to be a real game. If you're a kid out there and you're done with homework and you have two hours until you eat dinner, pull up a phone, pull up a computer, and you don't have to do a ton of prep if you're a big football fan, but pull up a former Super Bowl where all the names are familiar and that can just help you practice and get better. Jake Marsh, I freaking love it because kids, you could take this, parents, you could take this information. And I mean, it all goes in the same. It's if you want to be successful, you got to be willing to do the things that other people aren't willing to do. Jake, where can we find you? I know you're on Twitter. Where can they find you? you got a newsletter. What, what do you got? Yeah, my Twitter is at PMT Sports Biz from the Part of My Take podcast. Uh, and if you want to shoot me an email as well, it's a very busy time of year for us with, with football season. But um, if, if I have some spare time, I'm happy to answer some questions. You can either DM me on Twitter or Marsh at Barstool Sports as well. Jake Marsh, bro, thank you so much for taking the time. It was a pleasure, man. Good luck. Keep crushing it. I know we're going to hear you call Super Bowl one day. All right. Thank you so much, Nick. Enjoyed it. That's Jake Marsh, sports business reporter and play-by-play broadcaster. 
Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project. 